name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I thought for this episode I would begin by quoting uh, Yoda. Uh, And then I'll do a a pretty bad Yoda impression, but I just feel like I need to do it. So here's the quote, do or not do, there is no try. And then do or not do, there is no try. Thought I would quote Yoda. um, And here's why, because he's fucking wrong. That's, it's just not true. So I'm, one thing I'm tired of is that we just think everything that Yoda says is correct. He's not, he's not right about that. Do or not do, there is no try. That is wrong. It's wrong. You cannot do something or do it, but you can try, Yoda. You can try, okay? And, and I, I'll go one step further that the trying, the working towards something is is where happiness is. You, it, like you're, you, the thing about feeling good, you are working towards something. You're not doing it or doing it. You're in the trying of it. It's fucking wrong. It pisses me off. In the, you know, you hear him in that freaking episode, whatever, three. No, see, it's episode six because it goes four, five, six, and then it goes, uh, you know, and, and then after that, it goes one, two, you know, three because the prequels and the, uh, uh. I went to prom and said, mm. all I know is that in 1977 or whatever time that was uh, that I stood in line with Steve Sansone, it was to watch the first Star Wars, okay? The first Star Wars. I don't care if it's episode four. It's the first Star Wars. Can we just agree on that at least? And I'm going to go one step even further than that. And that is to say that uh, Yoda doesn't look particularly healthy. And I know that's a little controversial. I just think he's, he doesn't look that healthy. Okay. And I'm, I just, look, I'm not commenting on his attractiveness. I mean, look, I agree. All Yodas are beautiful. I'm saying that Yoda is not that healthy. He needs to probably eat more fiber. And I think he gets enough bacteria because he's living you know fairly in nature so he's probably got a good you know amount of dirt coming in his diet but something is amiss and uh, i'm thinking more fiber is just what the doctor or i mean the uh, nutritionist ordered Mm. i was on uh, another podcast called the veggie doctor radio with dr yami yami super nice Lady, I had no idea what was going on. I, I, I didn't know, like I, you know, got uh, got hooked up with it and I jumped on it and we had a really, she's a lovely person and was a really nice conversation. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. I think you should watch it and or listen to it. And there was a video portion on that. I just don't know if she publishes the video side of it. It could just be that we were discussing things and then she published the audio. I don't know. What am I? Mr. Techie man? Hmm? Hmm? Thanks to uh, everybody who's Patreoning me and I and, uh, got another one this week. And thank you for that. Uh, to send me a few bucks a month is uh, means a lot to me. And um, it is fueling my eventual and pending move to Bergen, Norway. You think you think I forgot about that, didn't you? Yeah, just, just searching on... It hits top 10 lists of cities, happiest cities in the world. I'm not joking. Bergen. Okay. It's top 10. What are the, what are the, what are the Nordic countries know that we don't know? Finland. They're all, uh, they're all the, all the Scandinavians over there, wherever that whole, that whole area there is all, ha- they're all happy. And I don't know why. Uh, Saunaing or, or fjords. Those are my two guesses. They have fjords and they have saunas. And I'm guessing that equals happiness. I, it's a, it's a, right now it's, it's, 
I got to do a study on it. Mm. I'm going to talk about superstition today and random, right? But not really. I'll tell you why because, um, well, I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, let's define superstition. And by let's, I mean, I got it off uh, online. A belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or my favorite, so much so that I bolded it on my notes for today's episode, a false conception of causation. A false conception of causation. I am constantly in the world of talking about control, about having control. It's a it's a good feeling to, and last week I talked about the addictive nature of feeling good. Well, it's a good feeling to feel like we have control over whatever we can have control over. And sometimes we'll sort of, we'll reach, we'll, we'll, we'll reach a little bit t- over the line of <clears throat> control and not be able to say, okay, well, clearly that's not something I can control. And I remember I had a roommate years ago in Los Angeles, just after I graduated from college, I was living in this apartment and there was a guy there and um, he was watching a game one time, some sort of something. And I walked in the room and I was like, oh, what you watching? And I just sat for like a few minutes and the team that he wanted to win lost. And he literally, he was so bothered at their loss and he intimated that it was because I upset the balance of the game by walking in that room. And had I not walked in the room, his team would have won. And there was a, there was like this weird internal conflict there was like two gladiators in his brain fighting out the that whole just just seeing how that played out it was just like one was like that's ridiculous and the other one was like no he definitely tipped the scales on the game and you could just see the internal workings and the battle ensuing in his brain of how trying to make sense of how he could possibly make that true um and so it, that's the false conception of, of causation. It, it is, and I'm looking at superstition and I'm going, isn't this the perfect manifestation of our profound lack of understanding about what the hell is going on in the world? And I don't mean, well, I do partially mean in the world in terms of the particulars of, of politics and everything else that's nutty nut nut right now. But I mean, just the bigger questions of 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 us and the earth and everything like we just so much we don't know right and we're constantly grasping for knowledge and that's great but i think there's always a powerful stance which is as you grasp for knowledge to also be okay with not knowing until you know and by that i mean there are just certain things that we can try to know and it's good but all the while and just be okay not knowing and that way if you never know you're going to be okay and it's it's in the trying yoda you little bitch it's in the trying to know more to find out more i think there's great and and there's a beauty in that all the while however a backdrop of not knowing i don't know until i know and if i never know certain things that's okay too and i'll be happier for it but i think in this intense time right now uh feelings of lack of control in the in the context of the pandemic and again the, the crazy politics at least in the u.s and other places too by the way the fact that a pandemic can even be politicized is hilarious except so not funny but it's like good lord if you look back at the 1918 pandemic there was there was still that kind of thing too just people going no i don't need to wear a mask like just it's always there a certain certain subsection of our 
of our species that's just nuts just nuts it's nuts but we are right now in the midst of intense feelings of lack of control we don't know when um when this thing's going to be over if it is over what's it going to look like i mean there's some people who go look it's never going to be normal again it's like oh good lord that's a, a terrifying like we kind of in the background think okay eventually this is gonna i'm gonna be able to walk into a room and shake someone's hand i mean eventually i'm gonna be able i'm gonna i think i said this already but i'm gonna hug everybody i mean stranger just hey guy can i i'm gonna hug you can i just because we haven't been able to connect like that me and strangers that is Mm. but if it's not going to ever come back to normal that's crazy and that's a very unsettling reality to to be faced with that we could never kind of come back to this thing. So is it not natural or at least predictable that we could fall prey to things like superstitions or gurus or anything or anyone else that capitalizes on these feelings of uncertainty that we, what if I, if I knock on wood three times, if I, you know, jump up and down on, you know, one foot four times and then four times on the other foot, then, you know, this outcome, I think I can accept this outcome. I mean, in a way, the guy that thought me walking into the room tipped the scales on, it was a very big compliment to me. I didn't see it at the time. I just looked at him and went, good Lord, you're nutty nut nut. And that was before I even said nutty nut nut for the first time years before. But I was now I look at it, I'm like, good, you think I'm a hero. You think I can upset the balance of a game remotely that number one, I'm not even in the stadium. That's number one. And two, that one guy can affect hundreds of people's actions. That's I'm I'm a superhero of crazing how great that is and how helpful I was to the other team. I mean, I did good that day, just didn't know it. We've got to be careful in this, you know, I'm, I'm anti-superstition because only because I don't want to live, I don't want to live in that wor- myself. I don't want to live in that world where I, first of all, think that I have that much control over shit that I don't, number one. And number two, that I am constantly like doing things and feeling like I have to do these things to be, to, to feel like I have that control. I don't want to live in that world. I, and the thing is, even if I, even if I find out after I die that, Yes, Sid, every time you knocked on wood, you had that outcome. I don't I, I don't care. I don't even want to bother with it. I, if I look back, oh, okay, well, I should have knocked on wood more. Like, I, whatever. I don't want to be involved. I don't like the whole world of superstition. I don't like it. I've, fall, I've fallen prey to it. I felt like, you know, number 13. You know, you kind of have that thing of like, oh, my God, number 13. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it is definitely that place where, feelings and actions kind of meet and you go like okay i'm not going to act on that craziness because that's obviously not something rational it's not something that was presented to me and i looked at it and said okay yes 13 is definitely an unlucky number it's crazy and some people go no no 13 is a lucky number oh for, for crying out loud the whole thing for crying out loud the problem i have is that in this intense like i said situation right now where we are potentially feeling an increased feelings of lack lack of control if we don't keep that in check we can fall into insane superstitious actions and insane you know giving our power away to individuals or other things that can do like hey you're feeling uncertain and ungrounded i can fix that for you just pay me a lot of money Mm. um so 
it, on the note of like you know knowing and not knowing and superstitions are sort of like <clears throat> we don't know the outcome <clears throat> and so instead of being okay <clears throat> excuse me i get it every time i do that i can hit pause it's literally a laziness on my part because i don't want to have to edit later and and just, i just want you to know how i feel um if we could just be okay with not knowing if we could just be okay not knowing there would be if you think about it no religions and no cults there and the overlap there people of praise google that our new supreme court justice um there would be no reason if we were just like yeah i don't know what happens i don't know what happens when i die and i die. you know i've talked about asceticism that's my new religion the, the religion of it doesn't matter and there would be no members and no leader just yeah i don't care it doesn't matter if there is an afterlife if there's not an afterlife i don't it doesn't matter because i can affect i can change the way i can af act the way that i want to in this world or not and i know the right way to do things for me when i have time and stress levels are low to think about things i can act ethically and we all sort of share that definitely compassionate undercurrent i believe am i naive maybe i think when we kind of peel the layers away we're most of us not sociopaths or psychopaths and by the way i googled sociopaths and psychopaths the other day in a separate discussion there's a lot of overlap i was like what is the difference between those two things and they're kind of interchangeable so and it, again pisses me off i think yoda even was like psychopaths and social and like shut up it's not they're not the same thing yoda um but if we could just not know if we could just not know and then focus on the things that we do know and sort of get rid of all the stuff that we don't and go like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, it'd be great. But maybe not. I don't know. I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about it because I don't know. If it information presents itself, then maybe I'll know more. But until that time, I don't know. No religion, no cults, no need, no need. But on the note of cults, and this is crazy, the Supreme Court Justice is in a cult. She's in a cult. Sorry, you can argue with me on that, but go ahead and Google. I've done a fair amount of reading on people of praise. Well, it's not really. A, it's a freaking cult. It's nutty, nut, nut, nutty. Okay? She's nut. She's nut, nutty. Okay? My daughter had the best line ever about the Supreme And she seems like a... Look, I'm, I, aside from the cult thing, from what I can tell, I, whatever, seems fine. I don't know. I don't know. But the first picture I saw of her was she looked in the, just that one photo was, oh, here she is. She's the Supreme Court. She's young, you know, younger than I am. <clears throat> and uh, I'm clearly more successful, obviously, because I turned down the Supreme Court justice job like two years ago. So I was like, I don't, how much does it pay per hour? Uh, anyway, and so uh, I showed this picture and I was like, oh, here she, here she is. And my, and it was a little, she's a little frazzled. And my daughter, who's 16, this is when I thought that I was actually doing a good job as a parent. She goes, oh, she looks like she just stopped being homeless. I was like, that is absolutely like one of the better lines I've ever, she just looks like she just stopped being homeless. I don't even, I'm still trying to unpack that. I just think it's genius. Mm. Uh, I think that I am dead set against tenure now. I don't like job protection uh, no matter what. I like job protection. I just don't like it. I don't like it no matter what. I don't like when somebody has job protection to the point that you have to do so much to get like, you'd have to do incredibly horrible things to lose your job. I think to have expectations of performance and ethics is uh, appropriate. And especially in that kind of job, 
I, I don't like the idea that you can just Supreme Court justice forever, no matter what. I, I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. And by the way, screw Colt. Okay, no, I don't like him. I don't like Colt. But the reason why I'm bringing up the Supreme Court justice and the reason why this episode is entitled Don't Be Surprised is I'm also tired about people of people getting up in arms and getting their panties in a bunch about things like Lindsey Graham reversing his statement, you know, from four years ago or whatever. And he said, you can use my words against me in the last year of a president's thing. If a, a Supreme Court justice open, you know, a seat gets open, then the, they should wait until the next. Pre- you can use these words. And now he's did the 180. And we go, oh, look at what he did the 180. He said that back then. And he's saying this now. Yeah, what a shocker. What a shocker. Mitch McConnell, what a shocker. They don't have ethics and morals. They don't have principle. And it's, by the way, both sides, okay? Lacking. In this case, it's the, it's them. Graham and McConnell and whatever. The president in the debates last night, which were like, it was stressing me out. I was watching with a kid. I wanted to show my kids. I go, here, a little civics lesson. You guys watch a debate. And then five, 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, good Lord. This is like five-year-olds. And I go, I go, this isn't like typically how things roll with debates. It was, it was like a heightened, it was, I needed, I literally had a cigarette afterwards. I, I, I got to have a smoke, kids. I didn't really have smoke, but I felt like it, felt like having a cigarette for the first time in like 25 years. Mm. It was crazy. But should we be surprised that the president didn't outright uh, condemn white supremacist groups. He was like, well, name me a group. It's like, you don't need, I don't need to name you a group. If you're anti that, you go, yes, every white supremacist group is horrible. It's anti-American. It's crazy. They're cra- They're insane. And they should never be, have a voice. That would be ideal. They can, you know, freedom of speech aside, I don't ever believe or, or am in behind anything they would say. That's how you condemn something. You go, yeah, no, straight up, straight across. It's horrible. It's racist and horrible. But he didn't. So people go, no, he didn't. He stepped it. No, he. That's not what you do when you actually condemn something that you think is horrible. You go, yeah, I don't need a group. These guys are crazy. They're horrible and they're anti-American. They're all about hatreds and I hatred and I condemn everything that they do. That's how you do that. That's how you do it. Raise the bar, everybody. But don't be surprised. Like, don't be. Su- oh my God, it's a shocker. Really, it's a shocker. That's a shocker. You can look at the history of these people and go, that's the shocker to you? And then we get wrapped up in the nonsense of being bent out of shape about something that they did. And it is hard to look at somebody who goes, on this day, this I will say, and on this day, I'm going to say the exact opposite. It's not easy to, and you want to catch somebody. You want to like go after them and go, look, and, and, they're, and they can, with nice little verbal tricks, they can go, oh no, but in this situation, it's, it's, it's bullshit and they lack any kind of moral strength. Fine. But don't be surprised about it. I mean, let's not, let's not get wrapped up in the energy expenditure of surprise and shock. And instead, take a deep breath and understand that the compassionate of us and the understanding of us and the kindness of us and the principled of us, we need to fight harder we don't need to get swept up into that bullshit and that distraction getting bent out of shape that somebody is doing this thing that we think is horrible and we're going to talk about that all the while they continue doing what they're doing how about the priorities and question those priorities and say listen you're spending right now time to put shuttle through a supreme court justice when businesses are being are failing and people are struggling and unemployment is running out why don't you 
go ahead. And, and, and by the way, just let's admit the president is doing nothing illegal about this Supreme Court justice. There's nothing illegal. He has every right to do that. So let's not get bent out of shape about it, but let's steer the conversation and say there are higher, higher priorities like that. But I think Biden failed last night. And the thing he should have said, it's yes, it's legal what he's doing, but that's not the point. The point is, is why would you put all your eggs in this basket when there's so much other stuff that needs to get done immediately? And if you can get that done, fine, nominate your and, and confirm your, your justice. Do that. It's illegal. But let's focus and see where your priorities are, because right now they're skew. That's why I'm running for president. Mm. I've told you guys that the only reason I would run for president, I've told my kids this too, is because I could, I believe that there's like a staff of people that provide like food and, and I could just be like button on the phone, bring me an AeroPress of hand roasted and I would coach the team to make sure that they roasted correctly. Hand roasted Guatemalan uh, stat, I would say. And I just push that button and then through the door like three minutes later, because you can't rush the AeroPress there would be a cup of hot Guatemalan freaking darkness right to my desk, to the resolute desk. And I would be like, resolutely, I want this cup of coffee. That's the only reason I would be president because I could just on demand coffee. And I think that's a very legitimate reason to run. The voice of anger in this country it, right now and in the world is, I've said it before, is the extremists. And we're not going to change that unless we change it by, by the more reasonable and rational of us also being strong. And oftentimes what happens is that compassion equates, because because we're compassionate and we don't want to be mean and because we're basically kind and humane people, we don't act crazy. And I'm not saying we should act crazy, but I am saying that we have to meet that fight. The compassionate enough of us need to be a stronger voice. That's, that's what I believe. We need to fight harder. I know much better than you takes to be a man I know much better than you what it takes to be a man as I'm standing here on the outskirts I'm standing here on the outskirts Better than you I Try to claim every town I know much better than you I Try claiming every town Cause I'm watching you here From the outskirts Cause I'm watching you here From the outskirts
And I'm tired of being observing and roaming. I can't keep on. Since moved. 